On this episode, we're taking a look at just some of the potential ways music therapy can support people recovering from depression. The Collective Music Therapy Podcast, brought to you by Asami and Matt. Bringing you innovative ideas and progressive perspectives from the world of music therapy. We're opening up a discussion about the ways in which music is being used to support mental health and well-being in both acute settings and daily life. Thank you for listening. It's not always easy finding stillness and clarity in our busy lives. Here at Collective Music Therapy, we have specifically designed a 20-minute music and mindfulness-guided audio to help you ease into a more present state. Using music therapy methods and studio-quality recordings, we have created a unique experience to help you find your best you. Curious? Head over to stillnesssounds.com for your free download now. When you hear the word depression... What springs to mind? Is it a feeling that you have had yourself or do you think of other people? I think one of the important things to always think about in terms of depression is that it's an indiscriminate mental state that we generally will all go through in some part of our life cycle. And as music therapists, depression is always going to be one of the things that we will always work with, especially in mental health. Yeah, I think that everyone, every single person can somehow relate or understand what it's like to be in a depressive state. So this idea of, or this state of lacking motivation, you can't get out of bed, everything is miserable, you don't want to do anything, you don't find joy in in anything, you have a really low or zero sense of self-worth so why do I even deserve to feel good about myself I think we can all relate to that either you have experienced it or you or you know someone very close to you that goes through symptoms like that absolutely and you know it's a really interesting thing because what is the actual opposite of being depressed and the answer isn't actually being happy it's it's really more this sense of vitality The word vitality suggests that you're actually really engaging in your life and that you are growing and you're moving forward in a healthy human experience. Mm -hmm. And that's really the idea of um, vitality and, you know, an optimal state of living. Mm. Um, But unfortunately, life doesn't always work that way. I've been working with someone recently who who first presented incredibly low, incredibly depressed, and he told me he has experienced depression since five years ago, so teens to now, which is a really long time and unfortunately it's a very crucial time in terms of finishing high school, doing your exams, getting into uni, 
and like it just kind of happened at a very crucial time. But I think it's quite common because of all the hormonal changes and all that kind of stuff. So at the start, he came in and it was exactly as I described, like he wanted to play the guitar and he had a few songs and preferences. So we were playing through different songs and kind of working out different chord shapes and, but it felt, to me, it felt like it was just kind of like, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. And I really, you know, it was very slow to learn, like really excruciatingly slow. And I can, I could feel my own like panic starting to rise, like, just move your finger, just put it here, <laughs> you know, you know, when that kind of sensation starts to arise. But then, and it was really interesting, like, even though he felt like he wasn't really there, he wasn't really interested, he kept presenting every single week and he would come for individual sessions and also for group sessions. For everyone else, I would send reminders, but even this guy, like, he would just kind of turn up and I'd, I would have forgotten to text him, but he would still come to the group, you know? So he was always there. So for him, it was like, um, it was very, very important to him to do this. Like he couldn't get out of bed for anything else. He just wanted to play game, like video games the whole time. But for this, he would roll out of bed and make his way to, to play guitar. And we kind of trudged along like this for four weeks. And I would think, nothing is happening. I have no idea what I'm doing. He still can only play a few chords. He can't keep up with the group. He always looks really discouraged in the group too. But then things kind of started to change as they always do, something kind of shifts. And we walked into our session, maybe on the fifth week. And I said, how are you? He said, good. And then he looked, there was a bit of a pause and he looked at me and then he was like, how are you? <laughs> and it was like the most awkward, how are you? But I could tell that he was making this real effort. Like something had shifted in him where he thought I need to, I need to engage mm. and I need to talk and I need to ask what the other person feels as well. And then from there, it kind of, from that session on, that's when he started to open up and tell me about his years of depression and um, how he's had no interest in anything. He did finish school through um, kind of like a different schooling system, but he did finish year 12, but he's kind of like, who cares? There's nothing I really want to do anyway. But then, you know, we kind of got into conversations like, what, do you want, what are you doing with your music? Like, what do you want to do? And, you know, why are you learning guitar? And he was able to talk to me about these things and playing guitar to him was a nice way for him not to play video games. And he identified in himself that he knew that these games were really addictive and they weren't healthy. And he knew that he was just stuck at home in his room, not talking to anyone. And he knew it was unhealthy, but there was nothing else that he could do. But he found guitar and it was kind of like an avenue, like a reason not to go home and play video games. And, and then it kind of extended into actually when I, when I come to these sessions, like I don't waste the rest of my day. I don't, I don't go straight home into my room to play video games. 
You know, the other day he went, he walked around the city and he, he went to a few art exhibitions and, you know, like he's doing things with his life and he's like, I really like that feeling and I feel more motivated after the sessions. But essentially what kind of started to come out of this was he was always like, oh, I have to get a job, I have to get a job. And he was kind of being pushed in a particular direction by his family. But what he realised was, actually, I do have an interest and actually there is a course that I want to study. And he was able to sort of verbalise that after a few, maybe a couple of months of, of engaging with the guitar and kind of learning a new skill and feeling motivated. You know, I'm hearing something a little different from your story myself. Mm. Um, and what I'm, I'm really hearing from that is that real deep essence of the value of music mm-hmm. for this young man. Um, and what I mean by that is if you think about the role of music as being a, a communal act that actually connects us within you know, our, our groups and in our cultures and also this beautiful um, experience where you can actually sit down and feel like you're growing, like you're saying, the development of skills, mm. but this ability to actually become more articulate within your group mm. musically and being able to have this shared experience and sort of, I guess, find a vitality mm. through music to actually connect to other people and reconnect with you know these better aspects of living and you know that that progress from not even being able to really Mm. engage verbally through to speaking and then going out to seeing galleries Mm. and you know having being back into the community and back into you know um around people Mm. that's a it's an extraordinary change In the group, for a few months we were working towards a performance. There were some kids who were involved and because it was a drop-in group, not everyone was there practicing towards the performance. But then every week I'd ask him, are you gonna do it? He'd say, no, it's not for me, it's not for me. And then there was one day where the group was really small and we had two people who were doing the performance and he, this particular young person, wasn't doing the performance and I said, do you want to do the performance? And the other kid said, oh, come on, you've got to do it. Like, how can I play, how can I play my guitar solo if you're not there playing rhythm guitar? And, um, and then he was like, oh, all right, maybe I will do it, you know? So all of a sudden, um, like this kid, he would come to the music group and he would only play one chord because he couldn't keep up with the chord changes. So I would say, this is the root chord. You can play this if you get lost. And so he'd always kind of come back to say to C or E minor um, or G or whatever. Um, but then I think that was like, that was a huge turning point in everything because all of a sudden he was seen by the group. Everyone saw him in the group. He felt like someone had recognized his strengths and his worth and he felt like he was needed amongst the group, that he was actually very important. And the other other kid was being very serious. Like he wasn't 
trying to be a therapist, he was literally like, I can't play my solo unless you play guitar. Mm. So it was a very, very genuine interaction. And then I checked in with him the next day. I said, are you sure you want to do it? And he was like, yeah, 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 I, I want to do it. I think I can learn the song in time. And he did it. And he was like, he really kept his calm throughout the whole thing. There was no... Um, intense anxiety before getting on stage who he genuinely looked like he was having fun going from this kid who like could not even look me in the eye all in the space of maybe two or three months wow that's amazing yeah so that's a crucial part of the story isn't it yeah i think so yeah especially Mm. yeah Mm. yeah absolutely that's a huge outcome Mm. like when you actually think about like you know that whole process you know and you know within the idea of doing therapy Mm. one of the things is for someone to actually experience therapeutic change they do want to have to make changes for themselves Mm. and and especially when you're looking at a group of people that they are willing to contribute to the group as well and you can actually sort of see that uh, those changes happening um, when someone is actually taking the benefits from a therapeutic experience that they do actually engage more they're willing to actually change and and realize that they are responsible for their own growth and development in terms of therapy and it's interesting because i think that that is one of the key aspects of of why we do therapy and how this young man has actually engaged in it he has actually gone oh yeah i can see this music as a way forward for me to actually engage in that group and and you know just contributing to that Mm. to to supporting someone else in the group as well it takes a lot of energy to actually be a supportive yeah to step up to that challenge yeah yeah that's a beautiful story yeah it was actually awesome it was one of the most awesome things ever i would say and, it, and it's not like he wants to be a professional musician. That's not the point of the story. It's mm. like what he wants to study is, is quite different. But I think just being able to engage, feeling important again, feeling needed, feeling like there was a point in him existing and being in the room, like that would help you to to want to chase your dreams as well, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. the psychiatric ward you've got a huge team you've got psychiatrists you've got nurses you've got psychologists you've got art therapists music therapists a whole range of people that are working towards helping people regain a level of mental health so that they can be discharged from the unit one of the stories that i have from uh, working on this particular ward is of a woman who had been on the ward for over three weeks and she was in there for major depressive symptoms.
the team were using a multiple array of interventions to help her. So basically they had tried to use medication and talking-based therapies to support her recovery from this depression. However, they felt that none of the actual, the medication wasn't working, they felt that the talking wasn't working. She wasn't engaging in any of the activities on the ward, she wasn't engaging in going out for walks or she wasn't engaging in music therapy. So what happened was she was prescribed a dosage of something called ECT. It used to be called electroshock therapy where they uh, send an electrical charge through the brain. Interestingly, after the first round of electroshock therapy, she started engaging in some of the activities on the ward. She would come to a music and art therapy session that was co-run um, by the art therapist and the music therapist. And she would come and draw on a big piece of butcher's paper when she listened to the music. And what happened was she was actually starting to draw pictures of a house and her standing outside of the house. And then uh, the session would end, she would walk out. Uh, the next week she would come back and she had not been able to remember that she had been in the previous music therapy session because one of the side effects of ECT is memory loss. So she actually had no recollection of coming to the music therapy session. So she would draw the same um, picture um, every week and her engagement with the musical instruments were, was very, very limited. She would maybe would just, you know, pick up a triangle and hit it once within the session and just put it down or, you know, it was very, very lackluster. She wasn't really engaging. After she had had about five treatments, all of a sudden the pictures that she was drawing within the music therapy sessions were changing. She was drawing all of these trees and all of these um, uh, kites and balloons and people outside and she was actually drawing herself holding hands with her partner. Although she couldn't remember that she was coming to the music therapy sessions, the way that she was actually engaging and starting to actually communicate with all the other people in the room was this fantastic sign that she was actually starting to come through the depression. So one of the things that we can actually do with music therapy is actually be able to see where someone is in their progression to uh, better health. It's not just simply this idea that you can come in and get fixed. It's uh, a fantastic tool to actually see, oh, okay, this person is actually expressing themselves in a more vibrant and a vibrant way, and they're engaging more in their um, therapeutic goals. And we can actually, you know, 
use this information to actually communicate to this larger medical team to actually say, hey, look, you know, this is what was actually going on here where previously, you know, during the first few sessions of ECT, she wasn't really actually uh, showing many signs of uh, differentiation in her um, approaches to therapy but now look what's actually going on here and other team members can actually provide information about the actual patients on the ward so that the overall well-being and health of the person can be uh, assessed better and then this person the the actual treatments can be better refined to actually support their discharge from um, the hospital do you think in your experience, did the psychs really get into your info? I think so, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like it's interesting. Um, it's my experience with medical teams, whether they're either consultants in palliative care or psychiatrists. I feel that they often feel that, you know, their uh, extent of abilities to actually assist someone only reaches a point and their uh, other therapies that are uh, needed to actually assist other dimensions of health for the uh, individual. So yeah, they were actually listening and uh, sometimes uh, they actually feel that it's really important because I think that most of the time, although they can see a lot of changes in regards to medication, there are other times where they just go, I don't think that that it's medication that this person needs. There are other aspects to their life that need to be changed. So within both of these stories, there's, you know, very unique kinds of um, descriptions of how music therapy can actually be uh, integral role into the improvement of someone's uh, well-being and health that are struggling with uh, depression. Mm, I think um, for my young person, he was very, very interested in music. That was kind of the only thing that was keeping him going. And then in your example, it's not like she specifically identified herself like, I really want to do music, but it was something that was offered by the hospital that provided her with an opportunity to engage in a meaningful way with others. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? A lot of people say, oh, music therapy, that's only for people who really love music, but it's such a yes and no kind of question, isn't it? Like yeah. it's a bit of both, really. Yeah, like, you know, I always, I always sort of think of music as something that's integral to our experiences as human beings. You know, I mean, I think it's an integral experience. It's it's something that is a part of our um, life experience for everyone. Um, and, you know, in this particular case, I wouldn't say that it was so much the music that was actually making her better. It was her engagement with music that was actually something that um, was a very useful and uh, powerful way of... Um, assessing someone's health mm. Mm. that's true isn't it because it was the ect that was really helping her yeah it was the, the ect the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah at the end of the yeah. day it was the ect it's like i think i'll share that story the psych story like a nice way to round it off is recently um just in a 
social setting, I met a person and he works in psychiatry and we, we had a big group discussion like what, what's the magic answer? If you had a magic wand, how would you fix mental illness? You know, it's just one of those kind of like dream um, social conversations. But he, he, he said, you know, what everyone needs really is love and connection. And then people like laughed and had a giggle. And then we spoke more and he said, medication um, is so important. Like, it, yes, people need to be medicated to bring them to baseline or to a functioning kind of level where they feel stable enough. But then after that, what happens? You know, it's not, you can't fix feelings of self-worth with an antidepressant. Like after that, you need connection, you need love, you need meaningful activities. Um, you need to feel like yourself and yeah I guess slowly that's definitely where I come from my head comes from the role of health care delivery but yeah I think that kind of relates to the stories mm. in some way maybe more so to your story I think one of the big things that from our discussion today mm -hmm. is that when we look at all the needs of an individual and we're talking about you know medication or social change or environmental factors for some people music therapy might be an absolutely massive life-changing experience for them where they can actually um, feel a massive therapeutic benefit for some people it might just be a very very small part of their whole treatment um, mm -hmm. program. Needless to say, music therapy can be an absolutely fantastic, valuable input into the treatment programs or the uh, engagement in community health um, for uh, an individual or a group. And uh, especially in terms of depression, I think that music therapy really supports those uh, potentials to uh, reinvigorate and find that vitality that we need um, to go on and have meaningful, happy lives. Mm. And maybe it's important here to say, if you are experiencing depression at the moment, if things are really heavy for you, then, you know, we've given an overview of how music therapy fits into that experience. But really, I guess, we are saying that this podcast is not going to answer your questions. There's a whole heap of resources online. There's online health services. There's phone services like Lifeline that you can contact if you if you need help right now. So this podcast is not it's not going to give you the answers, nor will it ever give anyone the answers. But we're just kind of trying to outline the role of music therapy in this work. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That, you know, music therapy is a viable option to be a part of um, some of the ways that you might look at potentially take part in an activity that uh, might be good for your health. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information on collective music therapy or how to find a music therapist in Australia or overseas, 
head to www.collectivemusictherapy.com. The details of our music therapy work are based on real experiences. To protect the confidentiality of our clients, we've changed enough identifying details of the people we work with to protect their identity. However, the heart of the therapeutic experience is still retained. This was the final episode for 2016. We're taking a break to have holidays and to record more episodes and we'll return in March 2017. We're pretty excited about what we have planned for next year and can't wait to share with you new perspectives and stories from the world of music therapy. In the meantime, you can stay in contact with us through the website or via Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next year.